Hey guys, I hope you guys are doing great. We are all diamonds in a way that we are all here to shine at our brightest after going through the toughest environment of pressure. But is it only about the shine? Hi guys, I'm Hiral Mehta. I'm the founder of God of Onions podcast where we interview people from various genres such as art, music, businesses, feminisms and much more. Today, we are honored to be interviewing Pooja Shet, the proud founder of the Limelight Diamonds, who is here to take us into a world where diamonds sparkle and last forever at its purest form. Let us welcome Pooja. So uh, thank you so much, Pooja, for being a part of my platform, God of Onions. And we were really thrilled to interview you because you're one of the known brands for lab-grown diamonds. So um, we were really looking forward to interview you for this podcast. And we finally have you here. So I'm going to start with my first question. Right. No, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. This is my first podcast. So I'm, I'm extremely excited to be uh, on God of Onions and do this. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, really? I think I'm really happy that I am your first podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because um, having one of the known lab-grown diamonds and me being the first podcast host is huge for us as well. <laughs> no, thank you. Amazing. So I'll ask my first question. Sure. Having an educational background of BSc in management studies from London School of Economics and MSc in finance from the Imperial College of Business, we would like to know how did the idea of um, manifesting jewelry made out of lab grown diamonds and highly sustainable diamonds, Aka Limelight diamonds, come into your mind? Tell us more about your journey. Right. Yes. So uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, as to uh, with no diamond background whatsoever. In fact, even my my family is not into diamonds at all. Uh, we, uh, you know, like like you said, I mean, I, I was in London for about nine years. I graduated from London School of Economics. I even studied at Harvard. I did my master's in London. I was an investment banker at Barclays in London. So uh, apart from loving diamonds, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, but after having you know stayed in London for about nine years, uh, I wanted to do something entrepreneurial back home. So that's how I decided to move back to India. And uh, that's when I actually bumped into, uh, you know, these labs, which are based in Surat. Uh, the, the technocrat who's growing these diamonds in the labs happened to be uh, an acquaintance in the family. And uh, that's how I got introduced to lab-grown diamonds as a concept. And um, he is a very close family friend, Mr. Bakul Limbasya, who now happens to be the largest producer of lab-grown diamonds in the world today. You know, so India today produces about 15 lakh carats of lab grown diamonds of that our group single handedly produces 12 lakh carats. So, you know, the sheer scale and automation of, you know, lab grown diamonds in India uh, and we were doing it, we were at the forefront of being the largest, you know, so that kind of really amazed me, you know, it's, it's a, it's literally one sort of one reactor is the size of a washing machine, you know, and mm -hmm. that is being able to do something so magnanimous, you know, where there is no compromise in the quality of the diamond, you are getting the exact same diamond that you get from under the surface of the earth. Uh, but because it is not 
mind, it saves up on, of course, the environmental damage and the costs associated with mining and all of that. So that I felt was a huge proposition uh, that the audiences didn't know about, you know. Today, when uh, everybody talks about lab-grown diamonds, the first thing, you know, when you'll hear lab-grown, the first thing that will come to anybody's mind is, oh, lab, you know, that means it must be fake or artificial, you know. Uh, and then, so th those kind of misconceptions, you know, existed in the market even then. And that's when I decided that I want to bring the true story of lab-grown diamonds to the audiences. And that's how I decided to set up Limelight as the end consumer brand, uh, which can talk about the actual story and the true factual story of lab-grown diamonds and what we are doing in India today. So, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's lovely. Um, understanding from uh, what people think about lab-grown diamonds from what you had said, have you encountered people where, you know, people literally ask you, like, why are you doing lab-grown diamonds? Why aren't you coming up with natural diamonds? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, everybody has uh, an understanding that, uh, you know, uh, so the concept in everybody's mind is because it is lab grown, uh, it may be inferior in quality, you know, but actually, if you go and understand, you know, and for that, you'll have to understand how these lab grown diamonds are made. The you know, so the best way of understanding is like, basically, if I walk you through it, it's taking a natural diamond rock, we cut a thin layer of that, and that we place in the plasma reactor, okay, this entire process is called CVD, that is chemical vapor deposition. Now, what they do in this reactor is exactly recreate the environment that the diamond gets below the surface of the earth above in that reactor. So the same temperature pressure is set, the same gases are infused, and diamond is nothing but made out of carbon. So slowly, the carbon from the gas starts separating and starts forming layers on top of this natural diamond layer. And that slowly grows into your rock, rough rock, as we call it. So CVD rock. Now, is there any difference between the rock that you get out of this lab uh, versus the rock that we get from the mines? There's absolutely no difference. Both of them are carbon composed. They're the same chemical, thermal, physical, optical characteristics. Um, you know, for a layman, the best way of understanding it is a test tube baby, right? Uh, just like how when you're walking on the street, you can't really identify between a test tube baby and a naturally born baby. And that's because a, the DNA is the same, and B, because all you're doing is giving it a different environment to develop. You know, you're not going in physically building a baby, right? Hence, the end product is an, a, a human. Uh, the same way, you know, even in these diamonds, you're not actually physically going and making these diamonds or creating them. All you're doing is just giving it a, a, an environment to grow. Right. Uh, and that's the beauty of, you know, lab grown diamond technology as well, where, uh, you know, I'm not hampering the process or I'm not taking away the authenticity of it, you know. So you still have like just like how you have in natural diamonds, you have the, uh, you know, the gradings of VVS, VS, D color, E color, F color. The same color clarities exist even in lab grown diamonds, you know, because how it is growing is going to define the quality of the diamond you know? and how it is growing inside this reactor is not, it's not in my control. Uh, it will grow as naturally as we would under the surface of the earth. So uh, I feel like lab grown technology is 
just helping us move towards the sustainable goals that we all uh, you know, at some point in time, I think everybody talks about this. Everybody wants to do something about it. But perhaps there are very limited constraints or uh, limited resources of where, where you can start from, right? Today, uh, everybody wants to do something for the environment, right? But how do I do that? You know, should I opt for a bamboo toothbrush? But hell no, that's very expensive. Should I opt for an electric vehicle? Yes, maybe, but that is still expensive versus a conventional car, you know, so every time I want to, you know, take a step towards supporting sustainability, uh, I end up taking two steps back because the commercial aspect is always more expensive. In, but in lab grown diamonds, what is interesting is that because see 70% of the cost that you pay for a mine diamond is actually the cost of extracting it from the ground, right? It's yeah. actually the mining cost. It's the heavy cost of digging 150 kilometers under the surface of the earth. Now that cost is entirely saved in this technology. But of course there's technology associated costs, which is why lab grown diamonds are at least 50% cheaper than naturally mined diamonds, right? So the proposition becomes a much stronger sort of a purpose for me to purchase, you know, even though, even when I want to support you know, uh, envi the environment, I can now start doing it with lab-grown diamonds because they help me economically also, right? Um, and I think gone are the days where luxury was looked at in terms of rarity, you know? Like if we go to see, uh, today we, we consume about 111 million carats of natural diamonds. I mean, are we really talking about rarity? Like, is that really rare? It's not, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> But the idea is that behind one carat of a diamond, we destroy 250 tons of land. We destroy almost 500 liters of water, right? Because they dig 150 kilometers under the surface of the earth. So there is a huge amount of environmental damage that we are doing. Yes, of course, before this, we as you know, women didn't have any other alternative option, right? Uh, where else would I go and then get my diamond? I mean, American diamonds exist, but they are not diamonds. They are of a different material, right? They're made out of cubic zirconia. So I didn't have an alternative to go to. But now with this technology, I have exactly the same diamond. I have something that's made out of carbon, which is exactly the same. Nobody can identify the difference. Uh, you cannot, you know, no dweller can actually uh, put through their magnifying glasses to tell the difference between a lab grown and a natural. That's not possible because they have the same characteristics. Only labs, like how in a test tube baby, you may have to do a DNA check and only labs will be able to tell you uh, whether there's a, what I mean, whether it's a lab grown and or a natural right so um the idea is that when you know luxury the definition of luxury is now changing right where we are talking more about uh you know i think luxury is moving towards a trend of what is more sustainable is now becoming a status of luxury uh, and i feel like these diamonds hence are more aspirational in that sense because uh, at the end of the day this rock just sits on my finger right what else does it do and yeah. should that then come at the cost of the planet and the people? You know, that's the question we need to ask ourselves, right? Uh, why should I then opt for something that is environmentally damaging when I'm getting something uh, which can save the planet? So I think that's the proposition of, uh, of what I believe in, of what I feel why lab-grown diamonds. Uh, 
should be every woman's dream <laughs> i think i have changed my mind and uh, <laughs> it's quite inspiring uh genuine no, thank you <laughs> this is something uh, i'm sorry to say this is something which i was not aware about right because i'm going to be very honest over here um i'm sure that a lot of people require knowledge like this and i think it's a wonderful initiative where you know you're becoming the pioneer for making people understand what lab grown diamonds are yeah so that very absolutely i mean you know that's the most important aspect which uh, you know uh, like i said you know my journey itself started with understanding that there are so many misrepresentations of lab grown diamonds you know uh, that oh these are 50% cheaper uh, oh hence they're cheaper diamonds now diamonds have always been known for status right so the minute you hear something is cheaper you're like ah no then that's that's not going to be my flaunt value anymore right uh, but that's not why people are actually purchasing these diamonds. diamonds you know and in fact the pricing of lab grown diamonds is actually increasing over time you know uh, but yeah. actually you know we have had millennial brides especially post covid you know covid has actually hello i'm sorry no 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 worries so so i especially post covid like covid has actually been a blessing in disguise for us in the sense that you know uh, people have started becoming more and more conscious of the planet right mm -hmm. uh, they always say that there is there can be a plan b but you will never have a planet b right and i think the government you know countries at the country level have started thinking about this and that has sort of propelled people to start questioning and at least think about it right so we have had millennial brides who have come and said that no matter what we'll at least we we definitely want our engagement ring to be a limelight diamond because we know it's eco friendly we don't want the hassle of a blood diamond uh, we don't want to even get into the whole conflict of a conflict free diamond uh we are happy that because we know that these are real diamonds so we are happy that uh, you know we are at least in some way trying to support the cause of saving our planet um so you know from that perspective you're right that there's a lot of misunderstanding and misrepresentation which you know um uh, which is where you know we play a huge role in terms of because it's not just about selling uh diamonds are as a category it's now about taking a step further and you know um trying to educate the audiences of the options that you have you know and today now us being in india and this product is a complete make in india you know something that again you know i'm very proud of that so far we we 99% of world's natural diamonds have all been you know cut and polished in our country so from a black from a black patthar or a rock you know to make it into this beautiful scintillating stone is all indian labor who does that right so we've always been the master of crafting diamonds and now we are now also becoming the largest mines in some sense of you know technologically technologically grown diamonds um so it's a very nice and a very proud place to be in from an india standpoint also um so why are we as consumers what are we waiting for you know that's very interesting yes yeah. so i'm going to go to my second question though you answered all of it but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll still read it, and if you have anything to add to it, I would really love. I mean, we would really sure. love. 
so as we have a lot of women listening to our podcast let us put the spotlight on the diamonds the cbd diamonds they are the purest form of diamonds that do not contain carbon carbon and nitrogen please tell us the significance and effects of carbon and nitrogen in a diamond i think you've already spoken about it but yeah no actually i would like to add to that so they do contain carbon i think the question is a little uh, uh, it's uh, it's slightly erroneous from that perspective diamonds are made out of carbon so they they completely even yeah, yeah even lab grown diamonds and cvd diamonds are completely made out of carbon but what is actually interesting and you know something that uh, uh, you know i'd like to add is so uh, this is again something that I learned over time, you know, when I got into this industry, of course, I, I didn't know all of it. But what I've understood is that 98% of natural diamonds actually are not the purest type of diamonds. They have nitrogen as an impurity in them, right? Now, why do you and I as consumers even care about nitrogen as an impurity? Meaning, so what if, the, if it has nitrogen? But the fact of the matter is that... Um, under the temperature pressure, like what diamonds are all a play of light, right? Now, under the temperature pressure, carbon crystallizes, nitrogen doesn't. So what it does is it stands in the way of the light that falls on the diamond. Mm -hmm. And hence, it affects the shine and the brightness of the diamond. So the light that was supposed to reflect and refract back, it sort of, you know, sort of gets shaken up because there's nitrogen that comes in the way. So the shine and the brightness gets affected, right? And all we care for a diamond is the shine, right? It, the better the shine, the better the luster, the better the diamond it is. So only 2% of natural diamonds ever have been the purest form where you don't have any non-traceable, uh, you cannot trace nitrogen elements in them, right? And their shine and their luster is far superior. So they were always classified as type 2A diamonds. You know, even like certification agencies would categorically in the certificates write that, oh yeah, you know, these don't have traces of nitrogen in them identified and hence these are type 2A. And they would write it on their certificates and those diamonds would sell at a premium. Now, interestingly, majority of those diamonds, natural diamonds, which were type 2A were all from India. Okay, a Kohinoor was actually not just famous because it was a 105 carat rock, but it okay. was a type 2A diamond. So the shine, the luster of that diamond was far superior. And hence it looked like something else only, you know, uh, because it didn't have traces of nitrogen in them. Now, in the CVD technology, it is in my control to make sure that no other gas gets infused in that environment right True. So yeah. everything you know that the entire rock that it's composed of is purely carbon right so it does not have any identifiable traces of nitrogen which is why all lab grown C diamonds which are made through cvd technology they're all 100 percent classified as type 2a every certificate of our diamond states that it is a lab grown but it is a type 2a diamond you know and their shine and luster is you know even if you actually as a lay person you know this happened to me when i would see a like for like natural and a lab grown which has the same color clarity you know like a one carat vvs e color the lab grown cvd diamond will shine brighter because it is a type 2a and because uh 98% of natural diamonds are not type 2a you know so this is something that we as consumers 
would not know because uh, you know uh, it was a rarity it was just two percent in naturals but now through technology uh, we we are now getting the purest form of the product you know so contrary to people's mindsets where you think that because uh, this is you know through technology and it is cheaper it may be inferior in quality but in fact it's actually superior in quality wow i think perceptions need to change diamond <laughs> absolutely absolutely wow. that's amazing so um having so much of knowledge about diamonds now i'll go to my third question because sure. i'm more intrigued about it sure so as for you what are the parameters one must keep in mind when buying a diamond jewelry you've already spoken about a2 and without nitrogen diamonds but please do add more if you may have something to yeah no i think uh, i think that's a very good question hiral because uh, i think at this point i mean in today's day and world you know where uh, we have so much of information around us i think it's important to have the right kind of validation and the right kind of information and knowledge about uh, about any any product yeah. right uh, uh, let alone diamonds so uh, of course it's important that you know whenever we are going and purchasing our diamonds it's very very important that now we ensure that any jewelry that we have is certified by third party uh, you know credible labs and agencies right uh, today for yeah. example at limelight diamonds all our jewelry is certified by sgl labs which are the world they have this world second largest lab network and okay. you know they're the same agencies that you know grade and certify natural diamonds and now they certify lab grown diamonds as well uh, but the idea is that uh you know uh transparency helps build trust and we genuinely believe in our product so we have nothing to hide and the idea is that we every consumer also should sort of be asking for that you know uh especially because you can't identify between a natural and a lab grown it's important that a consumer goes and asks any of their retailers that i want this certified and you need to categorically tell me that my diamonds are whatever they are right um <laughs> secondly i think in the jewelry industry uh with the whole hallmarking uh you know uh, sort of initiatives that the government has taken uh, i think that has also made a lot of life i mean it has made the industry and the trade more transparent uh you know now that uh, you know consumers are constantly aware that they're not being cheated for their buck right uh, <laughs> because you now have hallmark stamped uh jewelry so you know exactly what carat of gold you're getting whether it is 18 carat whether it is 14 carat whether it is 22 carat so you are paying for exactly what you had asked for so i think these kind of um uh disclosures are important and uh, you know certification certainly adds to that uh, also you know things like warranties right so like for example limelight diamonds offer buyback and exchange opportunities to all their clients so at any given point in time when you come back to us uh with any piece of jewelry either you can you know give it back for a cashback which is a buyback option which exists even in the natural diamond industry so contrary to again you know people think that lab grown diamonds has no resale value cannot be as an investment proposition that's not true because it has the same buyback uh, options and the same exchange so you can have 100% uh, you know exchange with us you have a lifetime guarantee buyback with us so those kind of warranties again is something that uh, you know can just instill a lot more confidence in what you're buying and, okay uh, yeah 
So I think these things are something that consumers can keep in mind when they're uh, looking at their diamonds. Diamonds. Very interesting. Um, so I'll go to my fourth question now. Uh, being awarded the Economic Times Business Icon Award for Technology Leaders 2020 is a huge achievement in itself. And being supported and appreciated by the royal families of India is a different ballgame altogether. Tell us about your journey and experience with the royal family of India. Oh, I think that was the most, you know, incredible experience of my life, to be very honest. Uh, we got a chance to launch Limelight at the Lakshmi Vilas Palace. Oh, wow. So, uh, we were, uh, you know, uh, we were present there for the Royal Fables event uh, amongst the royal families. You know, we had Radhika Rajeji from Baroda, but we also had families from uh, Pratap, uh, Pratapgarh. We had families from Patiala. We had families from Orissa, from different wow. parts of, you know, the country. Uh, and all these guys were present there. And, you know, what was interesting is, uh, you know, the kind of support and validation that they gave for a product like this i mean uh, you know like i was mentioning to you most of the uh, you know we have had some of the strongest and the most beautiful diamonds which came out uh, from our golconda mines you know golconda today sits between andhra pradesh and telangana but some of the bestest and most of them being type 2a like i had just mentioned nitrogen free most of these nitrogen free diamonds that the world got were from india were from Golconda mines, right? Um, so for me to, you know, now explain to the royal families that, hey, you know what? Now there's this technology which is giving you exactly the same quality of the Golconda mines, you know, the same nitrogen-free diamonds that we got from the Golconda mines is now being brought back uh, through technology. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, each one of the, you know, uh, queens and princesses from the royal families were so excited. You know, they were like, wow. And it was so easy for them to understand the whole, uh, you know, the whole prominence and importance and significance of a nitrogen-free diamond, you know. In fact, the royal family, you know, the Rani from Pratapgarh, she had a Golconda ring on one hand. And, yeah. and she was like, look, you know, Pooja, this is, you know, something that my, uh, you know, ancestors gifted me. Yeah, uh, but this is from, you know, the Golconda mines. And now you're telling me that technology is actually producing the same quality. I mean, this is amazing, you know, and the fact that, you know, it was happening in Gujarat was something that Radhika Rajaji was, you know, yeah. very happy about that, you know, it's happening in India. Uh, we are the ones producing it. And it's fantastic that technology is uh, bringing back, uh, you know, uh, something that we were already famous for, you know. Wow, so they were very, very supportive, and it was it was incredible. It was amazing. That is incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I think. Um, okay, so I'll go to my fifth question now, and then maybe in the conclusion is where I'm going to actually speak my mind out. <laughs> sure. So, um, this is going to be the last question. So, giving a characteristic trait to the pursuit from a jewelry you have been offering. It is here to shine, be completely original and last forever. There are the traits, these are the traits we love in a person as well. As a woman entrepreneur, what gets you going every morning and what is your piece of advice to aspiring women entrepreneurs? Okay. Um, yeah, I think 
I think what I've understood, I mean, of course, I feel like, you know, the journey is too short for me to, you know, uh, to, to say anything. I don't think I have, you know, achieved even a percent of, you know, what my my dreams are. Uh, but I think what I have learned and something here. Sorry. So, um, ideally, even I feel the journey is too short. Why? Because, you know what, I want to have a lot of information about this now. <laughs> this interview is going to last the max to max one hour but I think I am so intrigued about the information which you're giving me I mean it's amazing and I'm sure that you know the journey I mean it has just begun or there's a lot left for people also to know about lab, lab grown diamonds absolutely absolutely and you know precisely why I feel like uh, but I think what I've understood through the, the that I have, uh, you know, the little that we've managed to establish is uh, one is that, uh, you know, I think women should not fear uh, in terms of, you know, starting their own enterprises. Uh, you know, I think I, I, I understood that early on in life that no matter what you do, as long as you are passionate about something, as long as you you feel uh, instinctively about something, and I feel like women have uh, you know much higher instincts in general, and I think we should play mm -hmm. by our instincts. It really it, it does work, you know, uh, and standing by your instincts sort of. Um, can can take you uh, you know to a level that you had never imagined. I mean, I had no connection to diamonds whatsoever, uh, but you know, just by the sheer passion and you know, just with a dream. That's all that I have and I had, and that's how I began my journey. But I think the only thing that that my parents sort of pushed me and supported me with is the ability to not fear anything you know today there are the big wigs of the natural diamond industry who are sort of looking at us who are sort of uh, you know trying to to, to sort of say that, oh, we, should they even coexist or should we have, uh, you know, so we have sort of a lot of competition from people who have significantly established themselves, you know, but uh, the only thing that is constantly keeping us going and instilling confidence day by day is the ability to not fear them, to not fear anybody, as long as you have faith in the product uh, you know what uh, you know you stand for and and when you're true to your beliefs uh, I think there's nothing stopping you and I hope nothing stops me in the future as well. <laughs> fingers crossed I think it's not only the big people in the industry the information about lab grown diamonds either people are confused about what it is or people may have false or wrong information about it and there are a lot of people who are not aware about it so Absolutely. i feel that you know once people start understanding what lab grown diamonds are because as you said uh, in the beginning itself that you know people want luxury people want to show off people want to you know there's this thing where they want to show to people that you know what i have a diamond and they are not and they would also say the price of the diamond. Okay, I bought it for this much or whatever. It's the society right. it is. Right. Now, I feel that if people are more aware about it, and I'm sure that, you know, part of our listeners also would be listening to this, that lab-grown diamonds is the next big thing. And I think, um, you know, doing a lot of uh, campaigns or maybe a lot of which you're already doing, 
I think that itself is going to increase the knowledge of people and people will, I hope, slowly start shifting to lab-grown diamonds eventually. And as you said that, you know, uh, you wish you had more time. So I really hope uh, that, you know, it reaches people. Uh, this knowledge is very necessary where, you know, people should be aware about. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, mediums like this, you know, mediums like God of Onions uh, certainly helps us reach uh, to a larger number of years, you know, and that's what that's all we need at this point in time. You know, it's the it's just listen to us with an open mind, hear the facts and then make the choice. You know, uh, the choice is completely in your hands. Uh, but at least, you know, our effort is only to make sure that we give you the correct and the factual information of a new product that is being made in your country itself, you know, so that's our only effort. And, uh, and I, I, and I, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot more to do. I think uh, the journey is just begun. And we are, you know, as a product itself, you know, just it's just been three years since India has started knowing about lab diamonds. So, uh, yeah, there's a long way to go. And I'm really excited for the journey ahead. <laughs> and yes, there is. And while coming back to you, while uh, you had spoken about fearless, I'm sure, you know, meeting so many people, interacting with so many people, it's very rare to be fearless. There are a lot of people who do not sometimes want to come forward or ahead and talk about it confidently and yeah. that is something which you have and while you said that you you know your parents has instilled it in you i'm sure that in a way it's very difficult to there must be instances where you know you must have felt powerless and you must have come out of it beyond it and you're still fearlessly showing it to people you're fighting it out and you're spreading the word. I think that's commendable and it's very inspiring. I am inspired by it. No, so, thank you. Thank you so much, Hiral. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like I think some things just sort of uh, when you're true to your beliefs, when you're true to your product, when you're true to uh, what you uh, what your dreams were all about I think things just start falling in place I think that itself you know sort of gives you the right kind of energy uh, to to fight the fears to fight the battles to you know every day to wake up and be excited uh, about something uh, you know that only comes when you truly believe in you know in, in what your uh, you know in what your dreams are so I feel it all stems from this one energy that's inside of you uh, which wants to you know sort of just go there and you know fulfill all the dreams so you I already see that and <laughs> thank you something everyone has surely and you're being too kind thank you so no, much I'm not at all being kind I'm being very genuine here I don't even just no. uh, speaking something which I would not feel no, thank you thank you thank you so much for listening and watching our interview with Pooja Shet it has been very inspiring and amazing interviewing her please please do follow us on Spotify we are in many platforms such as Spotify Hubhopper Castbox Apple Podcast and much more so please stay tuned and uh, stay inspired guys <laughs>